Blog Talk Radio. This is the Ebony Empress Show. This is the Ebony Empress Show on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to everyone in the virtual world. This show is for those who want to learn more about dating and relationships. Hang out with the Ebony Empress Show page on Facebook or on Twitter at Ms. Ebony Empress and on her website, www.ebonyempresstv.com. Hold on to your seats and enjoy the ride. Here is your host for tonight, Ms. Ebony Empress. Hi, everyone. This is Ebony Empress. I'm not sure if you can hear me, guys, but um, I am trying again to get back out there and to um, let you guys know that we are live. Um, so I see that somebody has popped on already. <laughs> so I'm going to reopen the chat room. I had to close everything down because it wasn't working. But, you know, this happens. And I'm, I'm pretty chilled about it. I try to be chilled about it because if I'm not, hey, I'm going to be crazy. Um, but I know Blog Talk. Having been on Blog Talk for what is it? Um, it was like about four years. I absolutely get the system. But, you know, when you've been away for a while and you come back, it can just be a little bit stressful <laughs> trying to let people know where you are. So. Um, I've got George Lee with me tonight, and I play. I, I came in before, and I played lots of music, and then I had to go off again, so I've gone live again, and I have put a message out to everybody. So, George, you probably need to let your followers know that we are back on. I think people were trying to get on before. I've put a message out there, um, and I'm going to promote it again to everybody on Blog Talk um, and Facebook that we are absolutely live. Yes. Uh, my connection was interrupted, but we, we seem to be back where we were before, so everything seems to be fine, and um, a couple of messages have gone out. So welcome, 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 welcome. Tonight, of course, um, I am talking to George Lee, and uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to try and get him to come in and talk about Love Her, which is a book he has written, and of course, his life and all the changes that I've brought about. Um, just want to say I hope that you're going to enjoy the conversation. I'm so looking forward to talking to you guys again. And feel free to call in. Let's just say I've got a new call-in number. So let me tell you what the new call-in number is. It is 516-387-1807. So that's 516-387-1807. Okay, come and join me. I'd love to hear from you guys. Or hang out in the chat room, send me some messages. Um, trying to get my chat room working. It's plain at the moment. I'm not sure why, but I'm sure it's, it will be up and running in just a second. It looks like it's reconnecting now. So without any further ado, let me bring George in. And let's see if we can start this conversation. Hi, George. Welcome to the show. Hello, Miss Rodney. Hey, how you Hello. doing? I'm okay. Long, long time no no talk to. I know, I know. Hey, um, and I tried to start. I've started this show twice now, so um, people who are listening before, just uh, trying to tell them that I am back. I have put the message out on Facebook, so hopefully people will uh, log back on again and come back in again. But I had to cancel the show because nobody could hear me, and I'd actually sure. set it up through Blog Talk. So, ah. Oh! 
yeah. I I I forgot it was blog talk and I need to take my calming tablet so that, you know, I can chill myself out. This I can hear you, George. How have you been? I've been fine. I can't complain. Um, the the book has has done has done moderately well since last I uh, spoke with you. So, can't complain. Everything everything has been on the up and up. Okay, it's really cool. And and do I believe that? I mean, I've heard that you're in love as well. I mean, what, what's going on with that? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know since uh, what it's it's maybe been a year and a half since I spoke with you. That was when I had just completed self-publishing the book. Um, and at the time I was in the midst of, a, well, getting, I was actually already separated. Uh, so yeah, I've met a beautiful, beautiful queen. <laughs> Maybe, uh, well, I don't know. We've been dating since last April, made it official in August. So just dating, um, going along, seeing how everything, you know, will, will materialize, but uh beautiful woman inside and out. Um, and just just enjoying the journey. Oh, that is amazing! I I'm so yep. pleased for you. I'm so pleased for you. And she does look appreciate gorgeous. that. She, I do I do I do nose into your Facebook and have a look at all those pictures <laughs> out there. Right. I'm a little bit like so courageous. You know what I mean? Because like I don't know if I was dating someone. I don't know if I want anybody to know. I'm just but like. Probably doesn't work. What happens? Do you want to let everybody know about this thing? <laughs> right. and, yeah, and I'm the type of person. Yeah, it's hard for me to. It's very hard for me to. You know, when I'm very happy about something, it's hard for me to keep it to myself. So, uh, and of course, yeah. that comes with uh, fine lines. You know, I mean, I, with, with social media, I'm very cautious and careful of what to share and what not to share. So. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. But you're doing well because you're out there, and I'm sure it's given some people who've been following your story the courage to, you know, to be more open and um, to enjoy it because it looks like you're enjoying it, right? Most definitely, yes. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So let's get to the book first and then we'll get to the relationship because or should we think about both because I really put the title out there how to love without fear because I felt like you know I feel like when I look at your stuff on Facebook and I think of the conversation we had a year ago or more I don't know how long now but the last time we spoke um, I I really feel like you have lost the fear (laughs) you're handling that fear really well Uh, and I think that's something that our listeners could learn from so, you know, kind of start the journey at the beginning, because I know you were a poet, or you're still a poet, and then you, you've written this book. How has the book kind of helped you to evolve in all sorts of shapes and sizes in all different areas of your life? And and how is that affecting the whole love thing? Sure. Well, um, as, I, as I had uh, spoken to you about my history the first time we talked, I started out as an MC. Uh, that was uh, maybe late 80s all the way to the mid-2000s. And uh, actually, ever since the mid-90s, I've been doing um, poetry, spoken word at different open mics throughout Cleveland, then Atlanta, and now a little bit in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and just from when I started my Facebook page, I started doing a lot of uh, writing just as far as narrative, sort of like narratives. And I never had confidence in that type of writing that I did, I always saw myself as a poet, just writing bars and lyrics and 
So I started getting a lot of likes on the statuses as far as the narratives and different compliments. And did you major in English? And I'm like, huh? So from that point, it kind of gave me the courage to, to actually write the book. And the book is actually something that I've been wanting to write for 20 years, actually. Um, I just never saw myself as that type of writer until maybe two years ago. So once I kind of got myself out of the poet box, you know, just in terms of looking at myself as strictly a poet and an MC, I I, I had the courage to actually, you know, write sort of a narrative or uh, just um, passages, if you will, uh, as far as my thoughts on, you know, relationships and how I feel uh, that a lot of us men could better treat our women. Uh, And, you know, thus came the book. And Ironically, I actually uh, met my girl by way of my book because she actually bought a copy, which is how I met her. Yeah. <laughs> so that worked out well. <laughs> wow. Hey. Oh, that's so interesting. So she, yeah, what so, did she do? Did she just come up and go like, I like the book and I like you too? Oh, how did oh no, it was, <laughs> no, it was just basically, she, she, what I used to do is, um, the job I had at that time, I used to be off on Mondays. And so Mondays was the day that I would deliver books from whoever, uh, whomever bought them, uh, if they live locally here in the city. And so with her living in the city, um, I just delivered it to her job and, you know, neither one of us thought nothing of anything. She thanked me for the, you know, the book and I thanked her for the uh, support and, uh, you know, she was already on my Facebook page, and it was just a matter of uh, just starting to chat in the inbox. And then from there, you know, I, I simply uh, was like, hey, well, you know, do you want to go out for co- coffee or something, go out for drinks? And that was basically it. Um, and I actually liked the fact that she, it wasn't about, oh, he has this book out about women. Oh, let me let me see what's up with him. It, it really wasn't even – it was very low-key, nonchalant. And more so just us getting to know each other without the, you know, the the fact that I had this book about how to love. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So yeah, um, sometimes I, sometimes I actually forget books. that she has my book. Well, okay. Okay. We can <laughs> talk about that later. But um, right. tell me about the book, because not everybody would have gone and read that book or even remember now that conversation we had and you shared information about the book so remind us about the book what's in the book what is it about sure well the book is called lover that's l-o-v-h in parentheses e-r simply put it's my it's my letter or letters to my fellow men Uh, as i stated before this is a book that i've been wanting to write since i was probably 2021 uh, just what I was seeing at the time with a lot of my acquaintances as far as how they were uh, conducting uh, in within their relationships. Uh, but then uh, as I got older and I, I work around a lot of um, a lot of a lot of youngsters as far as the colleges I've worked in, because that's primarily where I'm at now working in I work in financial aid. And so I've worked in maybe five different colleges within the last decade. So I was able to see firsthand a lot of young relationships in terms of how i saw females being treated and thinking back to certain things that would have never, or at least uh, I didn't see that would have ever taken place back when I was their age. So um, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I want to, I want to share with my, with my fellow men, as far as what I think is 
and by any means, I'm not a psychologist, counselor, clergyman, any of that, but I feel like I was blessed enough to at least have a, a father who was an example. Uh, and a lot of us did not have a father for that example, and I actually did. And so my thing was I wanted to document what I recall uh, seeing as a, as a youngster myself and how, I con- how I've conducted myself within relationships as an adult. Um, just gems that I felt were worth sharing that maybe a, a, lot of, a lot of us are not aware of because we just simply did not see it. So it's, it's basically chapters that I call letters in different areas of a relationship. Uh, for instance, there's a chapter called the letter of communication. There's the letter of uh, faithfulness, the letter of devotion, the letter of intimacy. Uh, just like I said, different areas of a relationship that I give, I feel like they're just merely suggestions on how we could better love our women within those areas. And I was also thinking of my son when I wrote it. My son right now is eight, um, but there are still, even though he's young, there are things now that I'm starting to teach him in terms of how to how to treat women, you know, one day, you know, once he, you know, were to get one. And I feel like this, when I was writing it, I felt like I was writing a book, of a future book for my son, for him to read once he gets older, hopefully, so that maybe he can absorb um, some of what I was trying to teach him. Okay, that's really lovely, isn't it? That you kind of projected your mind forward to the future, and when your son grows up, he gets to read something that will support him in his relationships and how to be a real man in a relationship. So I think that's amazing. That's quite a nice thing to do. Um, yeah. In terms of your own relationship, because, you know, you've got a while to wait for your son, right, to start doing his hunting. So for you, how did it empower you to, to find that special one? What do you think happened in your mindset when you were writing the book or after you read because uh, I hear this happen all the time, that people who've written a book suddenly find the thing that they kind of created in the, in the story for themselves. So mm-hmm. how did your book happen for you? Because it seems like you've gone on that journey, you've written the book, and now you've got the love. How do you think it, it made that shift for you? How did it change? Sure. Well, the book, actually, I began the book when I was married because, as I stated, it was something that I wanted to do for a while, so it was already in the works. But ironically, after I was separated and divorced, the book helped, helped serve as sort of um, therapy. It was therapeutic, and not necessarily even within the content of the book itself, but just the fact that, you know, it was, it, it, my art has always just been self-therapeutic, whether it was my visual art, whether it was my music, and now my poetry and writing. So in writing the book and continuing to write it and finish it after um, I was separated, it just, it helped me, it, writing the book helped me maintain that faith, it helped me not lose uh, that hope that one day I will be able to love again and find someone who will be able to receive my love. Um, and it just uh, helped me not to grow bitter. It helped me to forgive, um, even within writing it, uh, because a lot, a lot of the times when I wrote it, I felt like I wasn't even writing it from my point of view. I felt like someone else was writing it. Just kind of a, a hopefulness, even in my darkest time that I, I feel like I did not have. But in writing it, it kind of sparked, it, it sparked that hopefulness within me and almost uh, maintaining uh, the faith that I would not 
fall prey to, to the, to the hurt that I was going through at the time. So I would say, simply put, it definitely uh, prepared me. It, 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 it made me, it caused me to stay in a, in a safe place and in a good place to be able to appreciate what was, what was before me that I was not even aware of. Okay. So I think sometimes when you end a relationship, like marriage or a long-term living lover or whatever it may be, there is sometimes the, bit, the bitterness that's left behind. And, uh, sure. and I think a lot of people find it hard to let go of the things, that bitterness, you know, you hurt me, you hurt me, right? Right. Um, fears it. So did you do anything, like uh, have any particular rituals or ways of, of separating yourself from that and, and not being uh, infected by the bitterness that's left at the end of a relationship? Sure. Well, uh, to me, the first step with anything is acceptance. You accept what is. You, you, and just like any other area in your life, whether it's your career, whether it's if you lost a home, the, the, whole, the, the, first, the first crucial step is acceptance. You, you accept what is. Then you look at what you could have done or what you did do. And if you did all that you could, that's what you have to have peace with. So it was knowing that I did all that I could with what I had um, that gave me peace. And then afterwards, forgiving whatever is necessary to forgive for without the expectation of an apology. Um, So many of us are still seeking to forgive only if we receive a, a, a verbal apology, which is really conditional forgiving. And that's not really forgiving. Uh, you, you have to forgive for you. Uh, if you're not forgiving for yourself, you're not really forgiven. So that's, to me, the second step. And then after that, it was really just a combination of um, my son, I would have to say. Uh, he probably helped save my mental life without even realizing it. And then on top of that, I would definitely have to say my art. My art my son and definitely my, my close circle of friends and family that were there to support me without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, I would say all of those elements combined together definitely helped me get through. And it also helps immensely that me and my ex and I, we, we have a very civil, um, I would say untraditional, wonderful relationship uh, at the behest of our son, because we both realized that, our son is the most important thing there is. So because of that, we, we are not hesitant in working together for the good of him. So that definitely, definitely helped. Oh, that's so wonderful. I, it was shivers there. Isn't that good to be able to yeah. establish that relationship? People can't always do that because they're not always adult enough to let go of the things, that, you know, of the past or the things that hurt them in that relationship. And especially if you still right. got to see that person, like how do you, how do you let it go, right? It, it's not easy. But well not at all. You for actually doing that. Um, so step to love now, because I know that um, you've now found this relationship. Did you meet anybody else in in the journey that kind of affected you? I know she might be listening, so be careful, right? Uh, anybody else you kind of met on the journey that you thought right okay you know there's a possibility and and if you didn't take it up why 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 not well Well, i definitely did date um i dated and i i I call it uh for real for real dating because my definition of dating when i was younger was not really dating 
and uh, you know, rest in peace to my grandmother. But she would she kind of chastised me when I was younger, and she saw the way that I was dating, and she would say that's not really dating. I would usually hone in on one person and focus on that person without seeing anyone else, and that would be it. So what I told myself this time was I was going to do it different. So they, and I'm sorry, I'm out of breath. I actually just came from work. I came in the house. Anyway, <laughs> um, so this time I took the time out and dated around, um, you know, of course not, you know, committing to someone without letting them know, hey, I'm also dating someone else. I was always honest, but there were a couple that I felt, okay, maybe this could go forward, but for whatever reason, it just, it, it just didn't work out. You know, whether it was whether it was fear or whether it was just incompatibility, for whatever reason it just didn't work out. And but so with, with her I'm sorry. I wanted to ask you a question before you go. I was saying before you get to her, so I'm sure people are gonna be interested in the journey. So um sure. for her, right? So what what was the deciding factor? Was, I know you said there are lots of different things, but did you decide to let them go, or did those people let you go? Well, what was the process? Sure. In the dating, th- throughout the dating process, I would say there was maybe a couple instances where I decided uh, to let whomever go, and then there was a couple instances where they decided I wasn't their type, definitely. And it's it wasn't necessarily about someone not being a good person or I, I think sometimes what, because everyone I've dated in, in that period were actually, you know, pretty nice women. It's, it's just that I think that some people get too caught up in he's a nice guy or she's a nice girl. So yeah, I'm going to stay with them or, and, and, you know, just because someone is nice doesn't necessarily mean that they're the one for you um, because it, it's yeah. definitely deeper. Yeah. Yep, so it's definitely deeper than, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's a good point, right, because I met a young guy today who was trying to talk to me about his previous relationship, and he was saying, I I have a problem because everybody defines me as this good guy, I'm too good. I'm like, what's too good? What is too good? I I don't know what too good is. You know, he said, you know, I've been (laughs) dropped a couple of times for being too good. I was like, wow, that's interesting. So I said, did you yeah. ask these women to define what is too good? Well, you're too nice. Um, I well, said, okay. So yeah. I'm not sure what that means. Yeah. And I've been through that. Uh, not recently. Now, that, that that sounds more so when I was younger. I've actually, uh, maybe when I was in my 20s, I've had a couple girls, ah, you're too nice. <laughs> um, now, within dating um, recently, uh, I've had, I've met nice women and they thought I were, uh, I was nice, but it was just decided that we were not compatible, which is okay. Um, and that's okay. You know, so I've, I've not been told that though, in maybe 15, 16 years, but yeah, that sounds real familiar. I, I do remember that being told that a lot. You're, you're too nice. And there were a couple instances where I've seen those women when I got older, and they would say, I really wish I hadn't said you were too nice or felt like you were too nice because maybe they were just simply used to a different type of guy and didn't want to give me a chance. So I've, I've also had that happen. So did you change anything? <laughs> so did you, 
Did you change anything? Because um, this guy might be listening. I think he could learn something. Did you change anything in your persona, do you think, that, that mm. made you less of a nice guy but, you know, still attractive? But, you know, I, I don't believe that you probably became a, a bad boy, but what do you think changed in your persona that made you more attractive to those women who would have classified you and kind of separated you from the others by saying, well, actually, you're too good? What do you think you've changed? Because you must have changed well, something. Not, well, the couple of conversations I had, which were maybe several years ago, was not even that I've changed anything, is that their perception has changed. Because I'm I'm pretty much, okay. I mean, we all grow and change, but within that element, I'm pretty much still the corny, sappy <laughs> dude that I've always been. And anyone that's known me over 20 years can definitely attest to that. I'm pretty much the same guy I was when I was in terms of um, relationships, I'm the same dude I was when I was 21, 22 that I am at 43. Um, but the couple of women that I've spoken with, it, it wasn't necessarily that I've changed. Um, it was that their perception or what they were looking for has changed. What they placed value in a man in in their mid-20s is now different in their mid-40s. Okay. Do you think you may be having more success now as a, as a result of the women change, um, not you change? Well, I can say I honestly have more, I've had more success dating at this age than I did then, primarily because of me, because I was real shy. I didn't really have much confidence. And I'm, that's actually something I'm still working on. I was very, I was very, very shy uh, when I was younger. Um, I'm still trying to get out of that just as far as the shyness of approaching women, you know, initially and, and getting to know somebody. Um, so if anything, that change has definitely enabled me to have or had a more successful dating life than I did 20 years ago. Okay. So I'm going to allow you to just rest for a little bit because I think somebody wants to ask you a question. Are you up for a question? Oh, sure. It disappears. Oh, oh no. Someone's there. Um, Area 209, welcome to the show. Hello, Hi. Ebony. It's Freddie. Hey, Freddie. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Thank oh, you for calling I'm in. Um, nice to connect after all this time. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I know um, you were in on my little live show the other day. But um, do you have a question for, for George? I want to ask him... When women said you were too nice, were you kind of worried? Because whenever, even to this very day, if I was talking to a lady and she told me right now, tomorrow or the day before, it doesn't matter, you're too nice, I start to worry because the whole nice guy, the whole theme of nice guys, to me, you don't get respect for being a nice guy. I worry that she won't, I worry that she won't respect me. So I'm going like, uh-oh. So was that the same thing going on in your head even now? Is that what do you what do you think when a woman says that to you? Oh yeah, definitely. First of all, how you doing today, Freddie? Thank you. I'm fine. All right. Yep. When I would say I, I definitely feel different about it now than I did then, but then yeah, um, I was already I already had confidence issues, so. Whenever someone would say that to me, that did nothing to help my esteem or my confidence. 
So it would cause me, and I don't know if it's the Virgo in me, but it would cause me to heavily self-analyze myself and go through the, you know, the, the thought process of thinking what's wrong with me. How, how, how am I too nice? How can I get out of being too nice? What, you know, just kind of self-sabotaging myself and going through this spiral of analyzing what could be too nice about me. Um, and I, I can't even lie, even now, I've been told it maybe only a couple times in the last several years, but even now when I'm, when I've been told it recently, it's like, Hmm, okay. Uh, it, it does cause me to think more on it than I should just from experience. And I think it was those couple of conversations I mentioned earlier with the couple of women that passed me by way back. And now they're saying, well, I wish I would have gave you a chance. I'm, I'm quick now to chalk it up to, well, okay, maybe, that was your that's your perception of me based off of what you are looking for or what you're placing value in you know and there you're just simply projecting you know what you want and I'm just simply not that which is okay you know um but I would I, I definitely worry less about it now than I did then okay so okay. um I have a question for the two of you because, you know, I I hear the nice guy thing and, and women's perception, but do you think you could have sold the nice, thing, the nice person back to women in a different way? Because I think if you don't own something in a negative for yourself, right, you don't internalize it as a negative, then it might make a difference in how you respond. So I just wondered if if you could turn that into a positive, that it might be different women may respond differently. I'm not saying the perception will not be there, but, you know, there is something about selling something or giving it back to someone in a different way so they can hear it differently. So I'm nice. What does that mean to you? Well, I'm hearing the nice, but does the nice for me mean, the nice for me means that, you know, not that just that I take care of you or I'm, a, uh, I'm not a doormat, I'm not someone who's going to just go out and spend money and all the rest of it without thinking about it, but nice means I have respect for you and I respect myself. So when I respect myself, it means that, you know, um, I'm expecting you to, to kind of mirror that in your behavior. And if you're not, then, you know, I'm fine for you to keep, keep it moving. But, like, to have sort of, like, it's not a negative thing um, and, and instead of buying into it, that, that's what I'm trying to get over. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. How do you guys feel? Well, I'll say for me is that, fortunately, I, I feel stumped because I, I come in the situation as authentic as a person as I can, and and now I'm kind of like, well, darn, when she says that, I feel that that's not, that wasn't good enough for her, so I'm going like, okay, so maybe I should go somewhere else because... You telling me I'm nice just equates to I can walk over you, and I know women don't respect that. So I, I think I'm with the wrong chick. So the positive thing I'll try to take out of it is go somewhere else where you're appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, the point uh, I was trying to make there's something about assert as well when someone makes when someone does makes a comment that you believe to be. It, it's derogatory and it's putting you down. It's kind of, as well, having the confidence. I'm just saying, Freddie, because you're not, in, you're not maybe as young as 
George was when he was first encountering it. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, my advice would be to assert yourself a bit more and not be afraid to challenge that because what does that mean? Um, what is it? What is your expectation? What is it that you are looking for that you would define me in that way? Because I need to understand that without just sort of, instead of you just going like, okay, that's a negative. I, I don't know if I need to be around you and walking off and stirring off. But like, no, hey, what do you mean? What is it that you want that is different to this? Or is it, is it your perception? What is it? Because I don't, I think if you don't sometimes challenge some things that are said and some behaviors that you experience, then you don't learn anything. And that person doesn't learn anything as well because maybe it's gone unchallenged so many times that, and people have internalized it in the way that they have that actually women are not forced to redefine it because years later they do. So what's wrong with redefining redefine it now when someone, when someone challenging you? It's just my feeling. And piggy piggyback and piggybacking off of what Freddie was saying, which I, I totally feel him on that. Um, my thing is was when when someone said that to me, I, I you know I'm just not going to walk away with that. I need to know well what about me? I, I would yeah. ask him. Well, what about me makes you feel like that? Because you know I mean it, yeah, it could be maybe something that I need to alter, change, or whatever. But the what what led me to how I felt about it was their answers. Um, I had one girl and I, I had to be maybe 24 or 25 uh tell me that I was too nice because you know I'm I was sappy I was I was romantic I, I've always loved to write women poetry I'm the roses for no reason type of dude and she that was not her and that's what that's why in her mind I was too nice so like Freddie was saying my first instinct was okay that's who I am, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I need to be with someone who actually appreciates that, because to me, there's no need to alter something about you that's good. Now, if it was, you know, something that could, you know, could could cause for growth or something that did maybe need to be looked at, then yeah. But in that case, to me, you're better off being with someone that appreciates that good thing about you. Yeah. But I think my point was you also need to stand in in and in it and not be shying away from it, you know, own it. And I guess sure. that's the question. That's what I'm saying because when you own it, people have more respect for it. And I think the way women are treating it, if that if I am to believe what you're saying, then people are kind of looking down their noses and saying, well, you know, you're not good enough because you have this behavior. And so what I'm saying is there are lots of good guys out there. And, uh, you know, the guy I spoke today, no different. There are lots of good guys. But when they say I'm a good, when they are telling me I'm a good guy, someone says, I'm a good guy. And, you know, it's a bad thing already. You know, they're already owning it as a bad thing. And, you know, it's not good. But you, you might not see it as good, but I am a good guy. Well, what the hell? If you are a good guy, own it. Be proud of it. Put your chest up and say, right, more women need to to recognize this. If you guys aren't there yet, take your time. I shall wait for you. Do you know what I mean? When you finish with all the abusers and everybody else out there, you know, you, you'll come back down this road, okay? By then, I may have moved on. Okay? Um, just my thought. That's all. Um, just to kind of be proud of who you are, to have that self-esteem for who you are and the choices you make. Because, you know, if you don't own it and respect it, I don't think anybody else 
needs to. That's just my thought. Anyway, yeah, and I feel, yeah, most thing. definitely. I, um, and just just off of what you're saying, I definitely feel that, you know, well, it, communication, that's why communication is key. If someone is calling something out on you that's with you within you internally, to me, you owe it to them to ask for clarification. And then that's, that, that should begin the road to, you know, journeying into seeing what needs to be altered, if anything needs to be altered, because a lot of times people project. And when, when I say people project, what they're yeah. really doing is calling something out in you that's not necessarily bad, but it's a reflection of who they are or who they aren't. And mm-hmm. because we all have values that are subjective, some that are healthy and some that are dysfunctional, um, it begs to be questioned when someone is attempting to call something out in you and not to immediately dismiss it as bad, but to ask for clarification and say, hey, well, what about me? Um, you know, what are you exactly saying? Because there have been things about me, because nobody's perfect, <laughs> you know, so that, that I've been inquired of within a relationship, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that that's a good point. Let me roll with that and see what I can alter about that. But you all, to me, when you have a lot of, uh, you know, of, of you're too nice. And also, and this may be um, a grouping and I don't want to do that or a stereotype, but the the women that I've heard that from were young. They were not anywhere over 30. It's us- It was usually young women, which kind of made sense and followed within a pattern of the women that said that were still trying to find what they were looking for and their values were still growing. And so it it almost made sense that once they were older and their values evolved, that now what they saw as too nice was actually comfortable or adequate or now it's a prized uh, quality. Whereas before it was, no, I can't deal with that because of maybe what they were used to or what they were not used to. But I think, I think what you said about not having confidence and being very shy would would have probably been the thing that those women, or some something about what they were picking up. I think confidence sure. is very attractive, right? Confidence in oh, a woman or a man yeah. is very attractive. And, it, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter. You, know, you don't have to have everything else, but when you are confident in who you are and you step out there in confidence and you speak to a woman directly, you, you address stuff, you're not running away, you're not hiding, you're not making excuses for who you are and, you know, and who you've shaped up to be right now, it becomes attractive because a lot of people aren't even sure of themselves. A lot of those young women don't know. All they know is their parenting. All they know is right. what they see around and what they hear about what a man should be, you know, and mm-hmm. that's defined often by the media and, uh, you know, what you, what you may see in your dad, your uncles, and the people around, those are your role models. And until you start to really find out what it is and you start to establish what you really want and what you know in, in, in the opposite, right, if it's the opposite. So it, it, it is a journey, but you can oh, yeah. form that journey, I think, by actually working on yourself and your self-esteem and your confidence. And that's something I've learned. I think when you when you can really be clear about who you are, this is who I am, this is what I'm about, you start that journey to changing sometimes the perceptions that are out there. Because I think what people, are, young women are probably looking for uh, is that strong kind of leader type, the macho type 
because they think that you know that's what all the films show. <laughs> right? Yeah, film definitely. <laughs> yeah, the guy that's charging around, whether it be Superman or or you know whatever, that, that that's the image that's put on us. So, in looking across, what you're going is like, well, where, where's your cape? You know, <laughs> where, where is it? You know, right? Where is it? And and what you're getting is probably. I I love you. I'm, I like you. You know, and you're going like, no, no, no. That's not what I'm used to. Okay. <laughs> right. You have, to, you have to big that up a little bit. You got to, yeah, lower the voice <laughs> a little. Make me feel like, hey, there's a man on this. And and it is not. It's not true. None of it's true. It's all fabricated by perception and 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 informed by different things. But if that's what you're working against, then you've got to shape yourself around that. I think. And and not cower to it, but just kind of mark out your own way of 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 defining and redefining your, yourself as as a as a man. Because I think there's still this big conversation about amongst men about what it is that man needs to be. I can't tell you as a woman, but what I can say is that some things are attractive to a woman, and those are two things: confidence and. You know, and the ability, I heard um, Steve Dean. I, I listened in to his show tonight. I was just being nosy, really. <laughs> and he was trying to <laughs> coach men. And he was like, okay, you know, these guys who are texting all the time as opposed to talking to a woman. And, I, and for once, I agreed with Steve Dean. Pick the phone up, for God's sake. And right. And, <laughs> exactly. You know, I actually, that is so unmanly to sit behind a little phone texting, you know, and 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 these little pictures that you're sending out, and you know, come on, come on, yeah, come up, tell someone how you feel. I actually, I was I was listening, and I was like, yeah, yeah, come on, tell these dudes. <laughs> no, I completely, completely agree with you. That's one phenomenon. That's one phenomenon that I discovered when I got back into the dating game. Because, uh, I mean, I hadn't dated since 2003, so back then, I mean, texting was not really a big of a deal as it was now. So I, I was just amazed at how many people preferred texting over talking. But, yeah, going back to what you were saying about the shyness, definitely, that's that's one quality about myself when I was younger that I I did not like, which I, which, you know, the the whole you're too nice I, in some instances I did fit that in that box and so it did actually cause me to look at that and hence you know work on that and change that as I got older uh, because it's not about being this you know macho macho dude uh, did, did did he look at you the wrong way and you going to punch the dude it's not a it's not about going taking it to ten but there is a certain attractive quality about a man that, you know, stands up for himself and stands up for you. Um, and even I've, I've, I've said confidence in a woman is probably the most attractive quality there is. So I feel like it's the same for men. And I know confidence was definitely not something that I, that I had when I was younger. So that's definitely something I, I had to take responsibility and own it and, and, you know, work to change that throughout my journey. And I think this thing as well, uh, you know, tell women when, you, when you're feeling something, if you like a woman, tell her. Right, what the mm-hmm. hell? Why, what's this game that men now play of like, you know, 
I want to be a friend. I don't want no more friends. I don't need a friend. Like, <laughs> well, you know when they say that's that not. Now you know when men say I want to be your friend. You you know that's not true, right? You have to know that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's bullshit that they love to put it out there. That come, I want to be right. your friend. Let's be friends first, and then let's see how it goes. <laughs> Where did you learn that? Where did you learn that? You know, I right. learn it. It's not helping you. You know, and if you keep being put in the friend zone, that's why you're in the friend zone. Uh, you right. know, come on. I learned this stuff. It doesn't work. It's never worked. Right. You, it never you, will. You need a hug, Sandra. You sound like you got some passion going <laughs> Yeah, it brought it brought memories up. It there, right. you know what I mean. I heard. I was like, no, no. <laughs> the guy who wanted to date me a while ago, he was begging me. He was like, come on, you want to be my friend? Let's be friends. Like, what? What is that process right. that you want to put me? Through? Right? How many friends do you want me to add into my life? I know so many people right now. I don't need another friend. <laughs> Ebony, I hear you. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> That's hilarious. So let me just say, guys, hold on. Let me let me let me just say to people out there, right? We're having a conversation, but come on, join us. We got about forty-one minutes. And you're gonna you're gonna wish <laughs> you you press one on your phone can you and got into this conversation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> can can you hear something. me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm just trying to give the number to people. So oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Five one six three eight seven. One eight zero seven. I want to hear from you. Come on, come on. Share a conversation with me. Someone put their hand up. So, do we want to take that call, or you guys want to keep talking for a little bit? What do you feel? Oh, I wanted to say something. Oh, go on, man. Remember... Go on I'll find out. Yeah. Okay. I remember when Lady T was asking me what I felt about friends a long time ago, and she was a little disappointed in me, right? When I said. Now, what do you think about friends? I'm like, no, nah, I want to be friends. If a friend kind of turned, the girl was like, hey, I don't be a friend no more. I think I want you all to myself. I, you know, I, I, I tried to see where it would go. And I guess not all women think like Ebony, I guess it was like the opposite, some of the opposite. Like, what? How could you not want to be her friend first and get to know her? I'm like, well, how long? I mean, what is what are the circumstances? I mean, I I don't want to be her friend, especially when she. I don't want. I can't be friends with curves and curves and you know cute faces and dimples. You know, that's kind of hard to do. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I've got Noreen on who wants to join in our conversation. Noreen is a life coach. Uh, she's big on relationships and everything else. So I, I want to ask you. Noreen, it sounds like you're in a wind. No, it's, I don't know what that is. Just Should I go in on my computer? You may need to. You're very noisy. All right, so I've muted her a bit just to let her come back um, on her computer. Yeah. Um, so, Freddie, yeah, I hear what you're saying about about not wanting to be friends with someone who's cute. I think what it is, it's about being intentional. And I think a lot of people aren't intentional. And that means you're not honest about your intention. If I know that, you know, you intend 
to have a relationship, then I might say, okay, you want to you wanna slowly go on this until you're sure? That's fine. But if, you, if, you're, if you're saying one thing and your body language is saying something different, then don't parcel it in a friendship. It isn't a friendship. Do you guys get what I'm saying? Most definitely. <laughs> okay. So um, let me see if I can bring Noreen back for a second. Let me see if she's ready. Hi, Noreen. Hello. Yes, better. That can you better. hear me? Is that better? I didn't do anything. Yes, you can. I was trying to get you know, on. I was <laughs> I trying know, to get you know, on my computer. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Hi, every. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you very much. And yourself? Oh, oh, real good, real good. That's nice. That's really nice. So I was just listening. So I'm, I'm going to listen some more, but I can't chime in because. I'm really not clear what your your conversation was at the moment, so I can't really chime in yet. So I'm just going to listen, and then, you know, then I'll chime sure. in, okay? Okay. No doubt. All right. Listening, listening. I've got somebody else who wants to come in. It Maybe it's my house. Let's see what he wants to say. Hi, welcome to the show. Yes, it's Elf. Um, I disagree with you on the friend zone thing. Uh, for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the reason why I I prefer the friend zone thing, uh, because I believe that the basis of a solid relationship is based on friendship. And if you're in the friend zone, particularly if you start off as friends, both of you can see more clearly about to each other. You're not blinded by infatuation, sex, physical attributes, and none of that stuff. And you see more of that person's character and vice versa. And then there's some some defining moments like that night might pop up. Like a friend of mine, who was still friends, she was dating a guy, but then he got a stroke. About three or four weeks later, she dumped him. She says she's not a nurse. Now, I would want to be hooked up with somebody like that. Wow. Nice. Not nice. See, a lot of people get into the, these deep bonded relationships, have kids, get married, and all that, and then uh, the, the, uh, uh, something's going to define that relationship. Sickness, mm-hmm. you can't pay the rent. Somebody's got a hungry stomach. There's going to be some defining moment, and if you don't have that foundation of friendship, it's going to go by the wayside. Which in the Western world, that's what happens to about 50% or more of the relationships. They started out not in the friend zone. So for me, now, like you said, for me, that that works for me. It just, not, not really thanks to everybody. On a nice guy thing, whoever wrote the rule that, whoever made the rule that everybody's supposed to be a nice guy or everybody's supposed to like a nice guy, Relationships are what people prefer Are like Baskin Robbins There's over 31 flavors Some people like nice guys Some don't And they got all kind of degrees all in between So all I can say is Be you and do you And eventually you'll end up with the person That you're supposed to be with So if a person says you're too nice That's all right. I, I agree with the brother A lot of the younger women say that Mm-hmm. But you do have some 40, 50, 60, keep on going up the line, 
that they they just that's what they like. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm convinced I'll end it on this. I'm convinced there's some species of human beings I call Klingons, like in the, in the TV show Star Trek. Have you ever wondered about these couples that they 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 fight each other physically, but yet they have all these kids? To them, to the Klingon, that's foreplay. That's them. It might not be you, but that's them. I'm not judging, but that's them. So. You know, that, like, anyway, that, that's my, I'm off my rant now. <laughs> oh, that's so, I, thank you, it's my house. I appreciate that point of view. I oh, appreciate Yeah, I wonder what friendship is. I would like to, I'd like to chime in on the friend thing. Yeah, um, go, on. go on. So, first of all, I would say that I'm my own best friend, first and foremost. Right. Right. And if I date a guy or, um, you know, we have a relationship and it doesn't work out, hopefully we can be friends. Why? Because I think if I'm your friend when we were dating and going together, then I can be your friend afterwards. All that happened is that we're not appropriate for each other and we've just moved on. So, and I would hope that, like, I'm the kind of friend that if my friend, my friend, my, you know, like just I have an ex-husband, if he would allow it, if he had an issue, that he would support me and I would support him, you know, because that's what I think. I love my friends. I don't make friends to, to cause a problem or to, to, um, to um, end the relationship in an ugly way. I enjoy and love the men I date. I don't date them because I want to cause a problem. Sometimes we're just not equally appropriate for each other. Sometimes you want certain things that I don't want, and I want certain things that you don't want, or maybe culturally or maybe class or economics or something comes into play that doesn't work or it's not working, it doesn't work, or it doesn't work the way we want to, we can leave. If I think if we're friends and we respect each other, we can leave the relationship whole and complete, Right? And if I see you, I don't have to dodge and weave you because I can hug you and kiss you and, hop and ask you how you're doing. And into, you can introduce me to your new person. And I can introduce you to my new person. And we're good. I think that I think that that's because I've done work on myself. And I think it's also because I love myself. I don't want to walk around the world thinking that I had a relationship with people and I caused damage. That's not what I'm committed to. So friendships, I have a lot of boyfriends who have been friends of mine, even from when I was a teenager, that I can literally pick up the phone today and have a conversation with them, and it'll be great. I mean, I can do that because I've done work on where I've had conversations. They've told me the best of me. They told me the worst of me, you know, and it's helped me to grow as a human being. And I think it's really important and critical that we have relationship and friendship first with ourselves so that mm-hmm. we can go out into the world and, and, and give that to others. That's so, Noreen, I've got a question for you. Sure. Noreen, I have a question for you. What do you do when you meet somebody who says, I want a friendship, uh, let's be friends, but you know that the intention is not friendship. That the intention is, you know, uh, maybe, maybe 
intimacy, maybe relationship, maybe dating, but they are hiding behind a title of friendship, which which is what we were talking about. Does that does that does that I don't really want to date. I don't want to date you, but I want to be your friend, and then we'll see how it goes. I I just yeah, have a, I have a thing about it. Just a person, so I'm, I'm just you. like be intentional. If you if you want a relationship or you want to date, say you want to date. Don't say I want to be your friend. And you know you well, want I'm something not, else. I'm not sure if that works for me. Let me answer that question okay. for myself, right? Because it takes two, right? So if I meet a man, or hopefully, yeah. you know, if I meet a man or, you know, depends on his age and all that kind of good stuff, and he says to me, I want to be friends with you, I'm going to ask what kind of friend mm-hmm. and what do you mean by that? Because whether we're going to be, you know, rolling up in the bed together or, you know, what do you mean by that? What does that look like? A man that, yeah. if I'm attracted to him and he comes to me and said, let's be friends, I don't know what that means until he tells me what that means for him. Yeah. So I'm going to have to ask him, what do you mean by that? Because I'm not going to assume. If I fancy you, I'm going to say, I fancy you. Right? right. Um, but what do you mean by that? Because I don't think that we can get anywhere in any relationship unless we do sort of, we are friends. And whether that's we're friends and we knock boots, right, or have sex or whatever, or whether we're friends and we just hang out together. It it all depends on what they actually mean by that. Because when I say to you, let's be a friend, I just want to be a friend. I I don't want to have sex with you. I don't want to be a friend where I'm having sex. I want to be either your exactly. friends or we're going to be lovers. Or, you know, and from lo- friends, lovers, we're going to build a relationship. Because there's a series to how things go. So I don't know. So what sometimes, yeah, because what sometimes people do, they will say, I want to be a friend. Um, this is what people tell me. I want to be a friend. And then they want to help the relationship. They want a transition into something else. They just don't know how to make it into something else. So I, almost the friend is um, a safety zone that I can go okay. to. So if, if, um, I'm saying almost the friend thing is a safety zone. So if things go wrong, you can go revert back to the title of, oh, this was only a friendship. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I didn't say I wanted anything else. That to me doesn't <laughs> so feel confident. That to me doesn't Sorry. doesn't sell confidence. That to me doesn't say a man that is no, clear about not. what he or a person that is clear about what they're um, going for. That to me says they have things in their past where they have been hurt, disappointed, or whatever, and they maybe yeah. don't want to go in that direction again. So rather than just being straight with what they want, they'd rather say it that way to avoid being rejected. I don't know. I'm making it up, right? But, you know, I don't know. I'm making it up, right? It's all made up anyway, right? But, like, for me, it's my responsibility to do my due diligence Mm. and to ask you, what do you mean by that? Because I I like to be – I'm a straight shooter. I like to be clear. I like to be clear and concise. And I like to people to date like they mean it. Either we're going to date like we mean it or we're not going to date at all. Hey, yep. my high five. If I could, if I, I, I could, if I could interject, 
Sure. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely. Man, when you're finished, George. Sure, sure. I yeah, George. I definitely see. Yeah, and I definitely see both sides of that. Um, Sandra, I definitely understand where you're coming from in terms of you just have some people, like she was saying, who are hiding behind insecurities, they're hiding behind issues, they're hiding behind maybe fear of rejection. And so instead of just coming correct and keeping it real initially, they're, they're hiding behind the let's be friends uh, mask when really they have other intentions. But that's where um, paying attention to action as opposed to words matter. Because action should trump, action should always trump words. Uh, one of my favorite mantras is love is a verb. Uh, so even in, initially in dating, where you, men and women, where you have both men and women that are sometimes not honest, pay attention to their actions. Um, and then just going back to, and I loved, uh, I can't remember his name, the, the guy that spoke. I love, <laughs> I love we, uh, a lot of what he had to say. And one thing I definitely agree with is, Friendship has to be the core of a relationship. If you don't have fr- friendship, you don't have anything. Um, you you got to have that friendship because life happens. And, uh, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, you get married or, you know, you're, you're going through a layoff, an eviction, somebody gets sick, uh, you know, that, that really defines who you are. And you really, that, that's where you really get to see who you're with. Because it's it's all good when everything is up, but once you know things go down, that's when you see who you're with, and that's where the friendship part of that relationship gets a chance to prove itself. So definitely, that's why friendship should be at the core of every serious, intimate relationship. Yeah, I I t- who is that? Who's that speaking? I agree with you, but I'm gonna just say that like, you know, to be a friend, right? I think that sometimes we have to lay out what our expectations are for friends, lovers, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. We have to lay out what our expectations are, say what our expectations are, because sometimes we we are being honest, but we don't know, you know, we don't know what their expectations are, and we have never had that conversation. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Oh, no doubt. and it can happen in any relationship. It doesn't necessarily have to be a lover or somebody that's trying to date you or whatever. I had a friendship which I thought with a neighbor of mine. I mean, you know, she had keys to my apartment. She came down. You know, I had her children all the time, literally to the point where people thought they were my children, right? And I had to have surgery. And I said to her, are you going to come with me to the hospital? And she says, oh, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe, kind of, sort of. But I wasn't clear, right? But then what I realized is that the lady down the street, who we were just coffee shop buddies, and I said to her, you know, I'm going to go have surgery. She says, who's going to go with you? And I said, I'm just going to pop in and pop out. She goes, no, I'm not going to allow you to do that. So she goes, mm-hmm. I will come with you. And she came at 6 in the morning, picked me up. We went to the hospital. She stayed with me at 9 o'clock. They put me in the bed. She came the next morning, make sure. She came and took me home from the hospital. She made me soup. My neighbor came down and was cleaning my already clean apartment with Clorox, which I told her, I don't do that. She insisted on doing it. But what I realized is that, <laughs> you know, it's not that she was a bad friend. That was what she could provide. Right. The hospital didn't work for her, right? I mean, yes, I'm, I must admit that I was like, well, this is kind of fucked up. We're supposed to be close. We're supposed to be friends. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we do all the things that we were like family. But what I realized is that hospitals didn't work for her. Sickness right. 
did not work for her, right? And sometimes we don't know these things about our people or the people that Mm we use, right? And we automatically want to jump to an assumption that they're fucking bitches or, you know, bastards or whatever the case may be. But it's not true. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes these people just don't have the capacity to go where we'd like them to go. Right. Right? So it really is like just taking on a sense of, it really is taking care of yourself and knowing what's important to you and what you care about so that you can share it, you know, and... So it's it's kind of hard. It's it's difficult to because we choose and we choose because we want these things, and sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Right. Yeah, I agree. I I just want to say the person who had their hands up. If you want to come in now, might be a good time to put your hands up again. Press one on the switchboard. We've got about twenty two minutes, and. Do you know what? We've been having a really good discussion tonight. I, I have really <laughs> loved the discussion. We started off about love and it's gone into friendship. It's got a little roller coaster. But it's all around. the same. But, it's, oh, but yeah. it's, it's all, it's the, all same. the same. And love, um, and love is there's, love is not a thing. Love is an expression. It's an experience. Exactly. It's not a thing. Because you bring me flowers or you rub my feet or you tell me I'm the most fabulous woman in the world, that's not love. That's an ex- it's an expression. And we choose it. We can either choose it or not. But we are, we are responsible for the love that we want to experience. It's not a thing. And many of mm-hmm. us think it's a thing, and it's so not. So and most not. importantly, yeah, and most I, I, importantly, it comes from it comes from self. It's, it's you you can't put yeah. you can't give what you don't have, and that's just logic. That's physics. If you don't have self love, you're not giving love, and it it all starts with you. So definitely, yeah, I, I agree with you. But yeah, definitely, definitely, that all that's all hand in hand. Good, you have to be a good receiver of the love that people are giving you. Yeah, you know. You, you, I mean, and you can't, I mean, there's so many different, we're so varied. And so we human beings are so amazing, right? I believe this, I believe that we're amazing and we're so varied and there's so many things that we want, but we can't articulate or express it because we don't have language for it. Mm-hmm. We have language for what we have language for, and then the things that sometimes we just don't have language, and sometimes it lives like a grunt or a smile or a, you know, or and and some people it's hard for them to fully truly express it, you know, even to receive a hug from a person, it's really difficult, you know. So it's we have to remember that. We have to teach people how we want to be loved. Exactly. You know? And not uh, everybody and so, Okay. So I'm just going to interrupt and say we started, Maureen, because you jumped in when we'd already started the conversation with George. George is a person who has written the book called Love Her. And George has been on a little journey. I He wrote this book, Maureen. And since he wrote the book... <laughs> And put his stuff out there. He's found love. He's uh, has a lovely relationship now. And I know I stopped him from really telling me about that. (laughs) 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 So I I wanted him to tell us what difference this relationship has made. Why he told us before 
why he had picked that person, but um, almost told us. But tell us why you selected this woman, what made it different for you? Sure. Uh, that's easy. Um, she, well, she, she allows, I feel I can be me with her. Um, uh, as I mentioned before, you have to love yourself before you can give love. So my thing is, I know who I am. I love myself. So she comes along and now she makes me feel comfortable about how I love myself and now how I love her. And so the giving and receiving is almost effortless because I sense in her a love for herself. So it's all about her making me feel comfortable about who I am and how I love myself. It's the age old question. um, How do you know when you found the one? And I feel like one day I can answer my son if he ever asked me that. And I could say, you know, when you found the one, when you're, when you feel good about who you are around them and that's that's exactly what caused me to 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 pick her to 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 start this journey and roll with her. She just uh, different qualities about me that were demeaned or belittled in the past that I know were not bad, and maybe they just wasn't that person's or people's preference. She made me feel like it was just all the world to her, and she receives it just like the young lady just finished saying. We have to learn how to receive love. She receives love, <laughs> and in turn, that makes that that makes my heart just blush. The fact that she receives my love so well, and it's effortless. There, I don't have to explain any givens. I don't have to go into well, what, what's the problem? It, it's just effortless, and and that that's that's basically it in a nutshell. So it has to be love. She makes you feel good or you feel good around her? Well, actually, a little bit of both. I already feel good about who I am, but I feel comfortable. I, I feel like I can shed and just be who I truly am around her with no misassumption. I'm I, In my past relationships, I'm used to being judged or being assumed based off of that person's past. But with her, I almost feel like I'm starting off from scratch as if she's my first and I'm her first. There are no judgments. There are no preconceptions. It's just, she's looking at me clearly. I know it sounds corny, but the no, movie Avatar, not, when... No, it doesn't sound corny. Yeah, when, when sound Avatar, corny. When, yeah, when they say in Avatar, I see you, that's that's how I feel. Like, she sees me for who I just am. And, so you, and, but it's also, you allow her to see exactly, you. Exactly. It really, is nothing, it really has nothing to do with her seeing you. It's that you allow her to see you and thus she sees you. Right. It's definitely, it's, it's integral. It's two-way. It's definitely, it has to be, it can't be one way. And I, I definitely agree with you. It's two-way. That's definitely yeah. a, the element. I have to allow it to, for it to come in. Because if, I'm, if I got a wall up myself, it ain't coming in. Right. So, because my concern and like um, that I would have is like, you know, will you still love her if she does make a judgment, you know, or if you don't feel that she's feeling that good about you, will you still love her? Because it really emanates from you. It's your self-expression. Definitely. Those, yeah. and, and, the, 
And in the scheme of things, I mean, we're, you know, even now, I feel like we're imperfectly perfect. We're going to have those little arguments and we're going to have those times where one of us may feel like, oh, you're judging me right now. I'm not, I'm, and that's fine. That's part of the journey. What I've experienced in the past, which is why relationships didn't work, I was being overall judged. And it, it's a difference to me with being overall judged as, a, as opposed to maybe uh, a, a being assumed something in a specific situation. Um, but overall, it, there, there's no judgments or assumptions. Now, yeah, sure, little conversations or whatever, that's fine. That's okay. Um, because I always like to use the phrase imperfectly perfect because nothing is perfect, but really the, the foundation is all about what I'm allowing and therefore I'm receiving because of what she's giving and, and, and the other way around as well. Yeah. You're, you're, accept, okay. you're, you're accepting her. She's accepting you and you're being fully self-expressed with yourself that she's able to see you. And so you've, what I'm sensing is that you feel known, you feel heard, right? Mm-hmm. And, you, and thus, in turn, you are experiencing and feeling loved because you're definitely. allowing to feel it. Most definitely. Yeah. So it all emanates from you, you. So basically what I've heard <laughs> is that you cleaned, up, you cleaned up your messes in what you thought that people thought about you. You know that your thoughts about you are you profound and eminent, number one, right? So it doesn't really matter. And so right. what you've done now is attracted somebody who's comfortable with their selves, so you're reflecting each other. Per- you put that so perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> I could oh. not say, say that oh. better myself. Oh, yeah. she went there. She I might have to there. write that down. Yeah. I might have to write that down. <laughs> but it is. It's, it's, it's a reflection. So in the past, yeah. it's not in the past. It's not that you had bad relationships. It's that the reflections of the relationships that you had were reflecting what you felt about yourself anyway, even though you might not have said it, right? But it's the feelings that you were reflecting about yourself that got those people said and reflected back to you. That's why it didn't work. So you had to up your game. You had to up your life. You had to up the conversations that you had with yourself about yourself. And basically, you had to up your beingness so that you could attract that which you wanted. Right, because back, you know, it was it was a lot of doubt. Like there are things, like I was saying way earlier, um, I'm, I'm even still today working on my confidence. There are truths about me that even I'm still right. So the day you a, die. I'm telling you, until you pass, you, you'll be on your deathbed still doubting stuff about you. So there, there were things that I had to, that were truths about me, but that, that were good things that I was even doubting. And so people that maybe assumed or judged, they were able to, to to get the vulnerable to get to that vulnerable part of me because I was doubting, but I'm to the point now where I'm like, no, 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 I know what is true. I, I'm not doubting that anymore. And so in you turn, what, yeah, you know what's true to yourself for yourself. Exactly, exactly. Yep. Isn't that awesome? That point we I'm making. telling you. <laughs> yes, that point we were making about confidence. That's another book. Ready? <laughs> your your confidence comes when you, you know, the, it changes. The responses from people change when you are fully confident of who you are. 
And I think that's mm-hmm. the difference. You you are confident. You're owning it. You know, whatever it is, you're owning it. And I think it makes a difference. But I want to ask you. Uh, I just want to say, on. with the confidence, you're also confident when you know that you're not confident and you can say, I'm not confident about yeah. that. Because confidence is not always yeah. the upside. It's also right. It's the also the down side, yep. the middle side, the left side, yeah. the right side, all of it. Yep. Yeah. It's simply awareness. You, confidence is a totally right. Because confidence is simply power. right. It's simply synonymous with awareness. It's all all confidence is is awareness. Like you said, whether confidence isn't always positive. So you have to be confident in where you're falling short as well as where you're rising up. It's all it's synonymous with simply just being aware. Mm-hmm. And once you're aware, that's when doors and windows and cracks and everything else start open. to open. That's right. I wanted to say, guys, um, we've got about 10 minutes left. So if anybody wants to say anything, know that I'm finishing. (laughs) 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 I'm in the UK. You guys need to get over it. I am not staying up later. I've got got a long way way to go to work. So um, let me just say that I know, George, you have written this amazing book, but is there going to be a sequel to this book? Is there something more? Now you've found this new relationship. Are you going to try and write something, or what are you going to do? Sure. Well, I'm working on my third self-published book right now, which uh, should be available around the springtime. Um, I want to. I want to definitely push this one more. I want to do some more book signings. Uh, Actually, in shouting it out, it's available uh, for those who don't know. It is on Amazon. That's L O V. H in parentheses, E-R, and you can simply go to Amazon and put in the search field, my name, George Lee, and then just type in lover right next to George Lee. It's right there, $15 um, on Amazon. And there is um, a U.K. link as well. I'm assuming if you're in the U.K., you can just go to Amazon, and it's right there, and you can order it because I made it accessible in the U.K. as well as America. Um, Also, I have another book. Uh, that's our, a lot of people don't know about. I have a. I think I mentioned it when we talked a year and a half ago. It's an erotic book of poetry. It's called Moist. Okay. This is a book I actually wrote 10 years ago, but I re-released it. That's also on Amazon, and you can put George Lee uh, Moist right after George Lee, and it'll come right up. That's also $15. That's a book of poetry. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not stopping. I'm, I'm going to definitely keep on writing. I got about, I don't know, five five more books that I'm actually – Playing with one is definite. Like I said, that one will be out in the springtime. Okay. I am so impressed. And, George, where are you um, located? I am in Columbus, Ohio, originally from Cleveland, Ohio, but right now I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, got it. Yep. And also I wanted to say you can uh, request me on Instagram. That's G Lee uh, underscore 1973 at Instagram. Uh, also, I'm on Twitter. That's at Echo1973, E-C-H-O. Uh, then also, of course, I'm on Facebook under George Echo Lee. Um, anybody have any questions, you can email me at george.lee, L-E-E-0903 at gmail.com. Um, also, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, right now, I have little snippets of me speaking from the book, and there's also a link on YouTube where you can purchase the book. And um, you can send, if you go to... Um, George Lee, put in George Lee, that's my channel, but there's one link up right now if you put in Lover, and then if you put in the book for men, it'll automatically come up. Cool. Okay. 
since then I've been busy. But I wanted to say to people that um, I'm going to try and come in on a Thursday. Sorry? What's that? You have three mutual friends. Oh, see? Okay. And you never know about those mutual friends. We'll we'll see. Mm. Okay. That's not available. Yeah, all right. You guys, you guys, each other. You guys talk to each other offline, all right? Um, so let me just say thank you so much for for joining us tonight. To all my virtual listeners, everybody in the U.S., in the U.K., in Australia, wherever or wherever you are, thank you so much for joining the show tonight. Um, I'm I'm out of here because I got work tomorrow, guys. So I am going to no see you hopefully next Thursday. Um, I'm going to be back with a show. And, and anybody out there who's got books or you want to promote anything around love and relationships, give me a call or come to me on Facebook, uh, Ebony Empress Shows. I've got a page there which needs <laughs> some work. So come on, send me a message. Or you can email me at ebonyempressuk at gmail.com. So looking forward to hearing from everybody. Take care, everyone. And I'm going to say Be good night. George, do you want to say anything? Thank you for having me again. I truly am gracious and appreciated. God bless, love and light. Love you all. I I, I enjoyed all the guests. The, the man, it was it was just fulfilling. Good. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Nice to be back on Blog Talk Radio. And I should have done a live Facebook, but hey, I didn't even get there hey. tonight. But take care, everyone, and good night. Take care. Bye. I know we have our ups Yeah, let's be in love. Our fights. Our good times. And our bad times. But through it all, nothing compares to the way I love you, girl. So, baby, let's stay in love. Let's stay in love. Black Street. Oh.